0: You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Uh, and as the billboard says, it is time for the sustainability feature, which, of course, is a very big uh, theme for us if we hope to survive for the next millennia as <laughs> such as a species. Uh, we are chatting to Kingsley Williams, the chief investment officer from Satrix. Good evening, Kingsley. Good
1: evening, Patrick. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh thank you very much for joining us. Um so ESG, right, or sustainable investing. I think this is something that um I, a lot of people don't necessarily understand and this new acronym is making the rounds. ESG, uh you know, do you have an ESG fund? Do you have an ESG portfolio? Are your uh you know, what is the ESG rating on the investments that you make? Could you maybe just explain to us what is ESG?
1: Sure. Um I think Petri, let's start with sustainable investing more broadly because All right is a subset of that. So um, let's understand what sustainable investing is firstly, and really, it's a, it's a multi-pronged approach to uh, you know to ensure that the returns we're delivering today and into the future are indeed sustainable, but that they're also achieving other societal goods. Now, that can be achieved in multiple different ways. One of which is ESG, but there are other very important uh, components to that, and. I'd argue that, regardless of whether your investment strategy is ESG or not, one of the most critical things is what we call active ownership and stewardship. And this is really where professional asset managers, such as ourselves, uh, will ensure that they are voting at proxy voting meetings and engaging with companies to drive change and positive change in the in, in, in the companies they hold within their portfolios. Other other approaches include things like social responsible investing or values-based investing, and you might want to think of Sharia investing as an example of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Impact investing is another theme within the sustainability umbrella. Um, We typically find that with uh, unlisted uh, investments in the alternative space where there might be some sort of uh, community uh, impact or, or positive societal impact that they try and achieve along with the investment. So ESG is then one other... A prong within that sustainability investing uh, umbrella. And that really speaks to uh, evaluating companies from an environmental, social, and governance perspective and looking at the policies and uh, the disclosures and the scores uh, around those disclosures of whether companies are managing those environmental, social, and governance risks well or not.
0: Okay. And, I mean, how does this, the, how, how does this scorecard like, really work. I mean, I've seen some of the the things that there's a number of different, uh, you know, things that are measured. Um, Would you maybe just care to explain what those things are that this, how the scorecard is calculated?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, there are actually hundreds of different uh, data points and metrics and policies that get evaluated for thousands of companies across the globe. So, can you imagine, this is is a massive undertaking to Mm -hmm. be able to, digest all of this information and assimilate it and uh, utilize it within a portfolio construction approach. But to give you sort of a few examples, um, you know, if we look under the social uh, arm uh, of of ESG, you might look at metrics such as, you know, the diversity of your staff complement or uh, what the strength of your customer relations engagement is. And companies would be scored on those things uh, as a measure of how well they manage their stakeholders from a social perspective, whether that be internal from a staff perspective or externally in terms of their customers.
0: Right, so do it's not think- just about, yeah. you know, how much do they pollute, um, you know, because obviously the oil companies score very low, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I guess w- I'm sort of leading up to what is my incentive as an investor to buy, you know, things with high ESG ratings, uh you know that are more sustainable, or or whatever the case is. If I know I'm going to make a lot of money trading oil right now, so I want to earn oil, or you know, an oil business.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that is the key question. Why why would anyone want to invest in ESG? At the end of the day, investors want the returns that they they want to you know achieve so that they can achieve their savings objectives. But What uh, interesting research there is that, uh, well, well, firstly, investors are becoming increasingly concerned about these ESG issues and want to make sure that, you know, where they're investing, they're also making a positive difference for their communities or for the planet more broadly. Hmm. Uh, But there's also research which shows that, you know, limiting exposure to those ESG risks can also enhance performance. And we've seen scandals in our local markets, scandals globally, which has highlighted the importance of managing those ESG risks and companies being proactive in that space can really limit downside risk for for investors who are wanting those returns as well.
0: Uh, I mean, a good example of that could be something like uh, a slurry dam breaking and flooding an entire village,
1: right? Exactly, exactly. How are they managing the environmental risk and is the governance in place and what is the community impact of that mine, for example, operating in that area? And then the other thing that, also interesting from an ESG perspective is that uh, very often companies that score well from an ESG perspective, it often indicates uh, uh, you know a, a greater degree of com- uh, competitiveness in the way that that business is run, uh, which can be an indication of higher profitability and higher dividend payouts of those companies to their shareholders. So there is a link between ESG and performance, uh, which which is an important one. But. Uh, What investors often face when adopting an ESG strategy is there's often this trade-off or or conundrum of, uh, you know, if I invest in an ESG strategy, what am I missing out on? And you use the example about oil. Hmm. Um, And, you know, it's a classic opportunity cost problem. and, and, And the fear of missing out if I invest in an ESG strategy, what am I missing out in terms of the broad market, such as an MSCI world or an emerging market index that I wouldn't now have exposure to? So with the Satrix offerings that uh, we've brought to market in the ESG space, they specifically solve for that problem by you know, behaving very similarly to those broad market indices with low tracking error, um, but then achieving all of these other objectives, such as low carbon emissions, reducing that by 30%, uh, maximizing exposure to, to good ESG companies, and all doing that with the, the same sort of cost uh, and, and fees that you would find from a... Uh, a non-ESG strategy tracking MSCI World or Emerging Markets, for example. So it's really a case of having
0: your case and it. Yeah, and I, I guess I can see that link, right? If you have a, a 100% green building that uses 20% of the power uh, or electricity, it recycles all its own water, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, that that is a, a very that can be very beneficial for your for your bottom line at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and certainly if you can be a tenant in that business or, or, you know, utilizing that that property and not having to pay any more rent, in fact, potentially saving on some of the consumables uh, that are utilized in managing your business, Uh, you know, those are the other benefits that go with that as well.
0: All right. And then your your sort of uh, offering that that you've brought to market is Satrix. Could you maybe tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so there are two global offerings. Um, one gives you developed market exposure, uh, based on MSCI World, so those would be your so-called first world countries. Um, and there's a, so it's an ESG version based on MSCI World. Uh, it runs at a very low, what we call tracking error, relative to the parent index, which is MSCI World, which is what investors would have that opportunity cost conundrum when considering an ESG strategy. Uh, so it runs, what's within what we call a half a percent tracking error relative to MSCI World and uh, offers the same broad market developed exposure but with uh, specific ESG exclusion. So any companies involved in severe controversies uh, wouldn't make it into the index and there are maybe about 100 to 200 of those out of the 1,600 in the universe. Um, And then, as I said, it reduces the, the carbon intensity by at least 30%. And uh, maximises the ESG profile of the overall portfolio relative to to the broad MSCI World Index. And then we've got a similar product which does exactly the same thing, but now within the emerging market space. All right. the, only the only difference is that there it runs at a slightly higher tracking error, one percent, uh, given that emerging markets are more volatile. So, but um, achieves all the same objectives of reducing carbon intensity by thirty percent as well as maximizing the ESG profile of the portfolio relative to MSCI EM. All
0: right, and I'm sure that there are, there are plenty of people out there wondering, it, do these, uh, I mean, these, these ETFs, are they classified as collective investments? Can I put them in my, my tax-free savings account?
1: Absolutely. They they are collective investment schemes. You can access them through a variety of platforms, whether that's through your stockbroking account, uh, through the Satrix Now uh, investment plan or tax-free savings account, um, and ETFs are now increasingly becoming available through, through list platforms that are typically utilised by financial advisors. So you can access those on the likes of Glacier, for example, as well. So okay. really becoming accessible through a variety of different platforms. and can be used through tax-free savings or any discretionary savings that investors uh, want, to, want to allocate.
0: All right. So, I mean, it seems as though this trend, this ESG trend, it's not, I mean, it's here to stay. This is something that, um, I mean, what do you think if you look at sort of five or 10 years into future, do you think that this will become sort of a mandatory investment um, methodology that, that asset managers will have to use? Or do you think it sort of remains optional? I think there'll
1: always be a spectrum of investors that, uh, you know, would, Feel more strongly or less strongly about these issues, but one thing that we have seen and ESG has come come into you know into the common vocabulary is that there's increasing regulation, increasing pressure on investment managers to comply with uh, these ESG objectives and to show that they're making a difference with how they deploy capital. Uh, we're certainly seeing in Europe that there's increasing regulation to. Uh, standardized ESG reporting. So I can't see this retreating or, or going out of the fashion. Uh, or if, if, if anything, it's going to become more and more of a consideration for investment, uh, investment managers and for investors to grapple with. And I think these solutions which we've brought to market sort of solve for a number of conundrums and challenges that investors face when considering these types of strategies.
0: Yeah, because I think if you, as an investment manager, um you know are mandated to have a certain esg rating for the overall portfolio of the fund or the the segregated portfolios or whatever it is that you're running having an instrument like yours in that portfolio for example can boost that esg rating which is beneficial you know for the client for the environment and the, the sort of greater society um as well as you know meet your mandated objectives yep 100% exactly right
1: and you know i think the the, the really key thing about these strategies is that you know it's quite an interesting thing with with ESG strategies. They don't necessarily make an impact uh, from uh, a carbon emissions perspective. Just because companies have good policies to deal with uh, you know with environmental issues doesn't necessarily mean that by adopting an ESG approach within a portfolio you are necessarily lowering the carbon footprint of that portfolio. Mm. So what's interesting with these strategies is they Above and beyond, you know, targeting good ESG companies, they also make a material impact in reducing the carbon footprint of the overall portfolio. So it's got those two objectives that it achieved, but it importantly achieves it within a very low risk budget relative to the broad market index that most investors would be familiar with.
0: Yeah. Okay, and then I'm going to stray a little bit off topic here and ask... Um, you know around carbon credits carbon credit trading is something that i think a lot of us anticipated to take off right when we heard that carbon credits is a thing you can buy and sell to offset your uh your you know carbon output if you will uh you can buy a bunch of carbon credits from from companies that are very low on sort of you know environmental impact you earn carbon credits for reducing emissions and then you can sell those uh, to other companies who might not necessarily be as uh, you know environmentally aware as what you are, and they can offset those carbon credits. Is this um, is this something that's really sort of happening within South Africa? Is it not really taken off? I've anticipated uh, you know quite a big secondary market for these carbon credits, which never really never really happened. Yeah, so this
1: is the whole move to towards net zero or you know carbon neutrality and. Certainly, uh, it is something that is very topical and prevalent in in, in Europe and is, is growing in prominence within the US as well. Um, I think South Africa is probably still a way off in in, in having to, to deal and have an active market in that. But these regulations are coming globally uh, and will affect South Africa as well. And you can see a lot of the pressure and initiatives to to implement, uh, you know, sustainable sources for energy. I know a lot of the mining companies are facing pressure from uh, the customers they supply, uh, mm. from a you know from a carbon emissions perspective. That you know, because all, all of our energy primarily comes from coal, they're finding it increasingly difficult to to be able to sell their products because of the companies they're selling it to, which beneficiate those raw commodities, are under pressure to to reduce their carbon intensity. So. So we live in a global connected world, and we won't be able to hide uh, with our carbon emission problems wherever. Uh, so you know, again, these are things that we will have to deal with. But you know, these are multi problems. Uh, we've got environmental issues to solve, but as we all know, South Africa has many other challenges to solve, not least of which are social, social challenges and employment challenges. But these are, you know, lots of different competing objectives that need to be managed and and definitely solved to ultimately uh, have the right positive impact for long term sustainability.
0: Yeah, and I think it's something that we have to um, that we have to keep in mind, right? I mean, we sort of just go through the world doing our own thing, but we often don't think. Um, about the impact that we have on it in our actions, for example, you know taking the elevator down thirteen stores to go have a cigarette and then taking the elevator all the way back up. <laughs> you know exactly. the impact yeah. that has on uh, the knock on effect that something like that has is just tremendous actually um, but all right, thank you very much, uh, Kingsley. It was really uh, a very informative chat um, i 'll definitely be on the lookout for the uh, for the e t f um, that you guys are offering. Emerging markets focus sp- specifically, it's probably a good time to get in. Emerging markets are probably going to outperform the rest of the world. They've been underperforming somewhat. So maybe this is a good opportunity to not only uh, get into uh, some emerging market exposure, but also to get into something that is really sustainable. That's um, definitely something to look into a lot more. Thank you very much for your for your time this evening.
1: Thank you very much, Jeffrey. Yes.
0: Cheers. So that was uh, Kingsley Williams, the Chief Investment Officer at Satrix, uh, joining us this evening.